blocking. Deep pattern downfield. Touchdown, Miami. What a throw. Devontae Parker. Holy smokes. What a drive. is up Dolphins and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going everybody? I am your host Travis Wingfield and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, you already heard it off the top, it is a Victory Monday edition, Victory Friday edition, check that of the Drive Time Podcast. The Dolphins win 22-10 over Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens here at Hard Rock Stadium. It's two in a row. A sterling defensive performance gives Miami two victories in four days. We're going to talk about it all. The takeaways, the post-game show segment. We were fired up for the post-game show. Me, Seth, and OJ from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. It's not that late yet. This is the Drive Time Podcast. I'm too excited to talk about anything else. I want to get right in to the five takeaways from this Dolphins victory that we saw on Thursday night in prime time on national television for the entire country to get to watch a party at Hard Rock Stadium following Miami's 22-10 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. And takeaway number one, what else would it be? The defense shows up big. The Ravens began this game 0 for 7 on third down. They finished this game 2 for 14 on third down. How about that Dolphins defense getting back to sacks, takeaways, pressures, third down stops, and holding teams off the scoreboard almost entirely as Baltimore only found the end zone very late in the fourth quarter of this game. They went 10 consecutive drives without allowing points to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know this for a fact or for anything, but I would I would venture to guess the Ravens have not gone 10 straight drives without points in quite a long time. Xavier Howard, your all-pro cornerback who is known and privy for getting around the football and making big game-changing plays. Well, guess what? He did it again. A 49-yard strip, scoop, and score. And that was a third down conversion, but you know when you work on X, you're going to have to find a way to put that ball away. He once again gets that thing out, scoops it up, and takes it 49 yards for a huge, huge touchdown late in this football game and what was a 6-3 football game and about to be a first and 10 for the Ravens right around midfield until X did what he does and made a big play on the football and got Miami a 12-point lead at that time. Different looks from this Dolphins defense throughout the course of the game. The different philosophy and game plan. We saw this early on. We were a little bit concerned, myself and, and John Congemi and Seth watching the game about how the Ravens were able to rush the ball early on. They had 35 rushing yards on their opening series and a handful more on their second series, but that was about all they got. They finished this game with 94 rushing yards throughout the course of the game. This, of course, a team who's led the NFL in rushing each of the last two seasons and had a good year so far this year. Not so much tonight in the rushing department for the Ravens against this Dolphins defense, and they did it with a game plan that we really frankly haven't seen out of this defense and one of the reasons is for that you haven't seen a quarterback like Lamar Jackson face this defense since 2019 because there is one of one when it comes to Lamar Jackson but the idea 
and they rotated guys. So you're going to hear this on the, on the next podcast. We'll see you in the next Drive Time podcast as I'm not sure what's going to come out over the weekend at latest on Monday, taking a look at the All-22. You don't want to miss that one, as well as the stats and snap counts and all that fun stuff. We'll take a look at that on the next edition of Drive Time. But early in this game and throughout significant chunks of the game, Lots of four linebacker looks with really three interior defensive lineman types up front in a traditional 3-4 with different variations of, of, of nickel and dime and sub that they ran out of that. But with Christian Wilkins up front, with Raekwon Davis and Zach Sealer or Adam Butler, any of those four guys in a three-man rotation with Andrew Van Ginkle and Jerome Baker off the edge, ex- almost exclusively playing off the edge in this game for a guy like Jerome Baker. And I thought it was the best game for him this entire season with then Duke Riley getting a bunch of snaps not just in place of Baker like he did uh, last week, but or two weeks ago rather, but getting snaps alongside Jerome Baker as well as alongside a Landon Roberts on the inside there. And that just kind of forced the issue for the Ravens in terms of how they played this game. Of course, you saw plenty of zero pressure from this Dolphins team and zero looks where guys would bail out, guys would come off the edge and the A-gaps, just all kinds of confusion and a tough day for the Ravens offense. On the day, Lamar Jackson finishes 26 for 43, 238 yards, a touchdown, a pick, sacked four times, a 73.6 passer rating and in earnest most of those passing yards came late in that fourth quarter and then nine rushes for 39 yards and his long in the game was just 11 yards so the defense did a fantastic job the coaching staff the execution of that game plan I thought it was brilliant I thought it was aggressive I thought that aggression poured over into the offense which we'll talk about here in just one second but let's go ahead and talk about some of the individuals in this game, and where else do we start besides a guy I've talked about a lot on the podcast the last couple of weeks, and he's earned every single ounce of the praise that we've all given him, Javon Holland. My goodness, this dude is making plays. On the official stat book right here, I see four solo tackles, one assist, a seven-yard loss on a sack, two passes defensed, and on my own notes here, I thought that, and Seth Levitt talked about this, and you'll hear this on the post-game show Uh, segment we're going to run at the end of the podcast here about how Miami set a tone physically with a Baltimore Ravens team for two decades now has been a team that out physicals almost every single team they play and I thought that and Seth thought that that first hit Javon Holland put on a long run up the sideline I think it was actually an end around and it was a big gain but Holland decked the dude he knocked him out decleated him and it was a great clean hit he of course won the fair play uh, recognition a couple weeks ago for his clean hit on uh, Calvin Ridley in that Falcons game he did it again here great clean shot knocked the dude to the ground on the sideline and that kind of I thought and Seth thought set a tone for this Dolphins defense and the Dolphins game in general and just the physicality about we're here we're going to play 60 minutes and the Dolphins certainly did that so that first hit on the the big hit on the first drive then he comes right back with a pressure that forces a throw away from Lamar Jackson to the back of the end zone right before the Justin Tucker missed field goal a great pass breakup on the ensuing series flying up over the top on a Lamar scramble play that gets the defense off the field again the drive right before the end of the first half comes on pressure again gets a blitz uh, pass breakup on the blitz and then the second half gets a big third down sack of Lamar Jackson so many of those third down stops you saw number eight doing multiple things to involve himself in the game plan that one play where they ran a a jet sweep a little pop pass and he was off the edge and he had to fight around the block of a tight end and get on the upfield shoulder and win the corner while staying with 
the foot race of a receiver, a Devin Duvernay, who once ran a 4-2 40-yard dash, Olympic-level speed from that guy, and Holland finds a way to not just carry a blocker all the way out to the edge, but get himself out there in position to make a play. And also there comes Brandon Jones scraping right off that work from Javon Holland to help team up for that big stop on that play. How about this from Next Gen Stats? We've talked a lot about the Dolphins blitzing their safeties the last couple of weeks. Next Gen Stats has this. Dolphins safety Javon Holland, 21, and Brandon Jones, 17, blitzed more times tonight against the Ravens than any other defensive back in any game this season. Hollywood Vaughn, as he is called on Twitter, also set career highs in defensive snaps and QB pressures, 70 snaps, four QB pressures for Javon Holland. He also, they also had the Dolphins safeties aligning all over the field. Both safeties played over 40% of their snaps in the box. Holland, 44% as the safety, 40% in the box, 11% in the slot, 4% at corner, and Brandon Jones, 72 in the box, 13% at safety, 13% in the slot, and 1% out at wide corner. And again, back to the postgame show, we touched on this, or I touched on this in the postgame show, about how both these guys were essentially slot cornerbacks their final year in college. Now, they did a lot of things and rotated all over the football field, but go back to Texas tape in 2019, go back to Oregon tape also in 2019, the last time Javon Holland played, and they were both getting plenty of nickel slot type of snaps, star position type of snaps where they're covering straight up in that slot position. And what does that do? It just gives Miami so many guys that can play that zero pressure and you can disguise your blitzes. Who drops into coverage because... Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Justin Coleman, Nick Needham, Javon Holland, Brandon Jones, Eric Rowe, all these guys you can put out there and cover one-on-one. It makes you so creative and so flexible. And a lot of that has to do with these two young safeties who are playing outside of their mind right now and really helping this Dolphins defense ratchet up the pressure. And to finish off that thought, Brandon Jones, seven solo tackles, two assists in this game. We don't stop there. The defense keeps on coming. thought Jalen Phillips had a great rep along with Andrew Van Ginkle, which I believe they split the sack on this play where he wins inside immediately. He's becoming a real threat from that three-tech slash four-eye tech technique pass rushing situations where he can work over guards and centers and kind of just overwhelm them with the size and athletic combination that he features. He and Van Ginkle, I thought, were fantastic in their snaps off the edge, especially Van Ginkle, who I thought had one of his best games of his career. And in in my opinion, the best game for him this season, he finishes with What did Van Ginkle have? Two solo tackles, two assists, a half a sack, and a pass breakup. Fantastic work there from number 43. Eric Rowe, we haven't talked about him a lot. He's kind of had a snap reduction the last couple of weeks, but he also winds up with a forced fumble in this game, three solo tackles, and a pass defense. So he was getting after it. And just to kind of further the point about the zero pressure looks, the Baltimore Ravens' approach to that was not to max protect or pull more guys in or try to just withstand the pressure and throw the football from there. Their plan was to get the ball out quick on in space out on the wings and just basically try to challenge the Dolphins' cornerbacks to make a tackle and hope if you can't win these one-on-one matchups out here, we're going to spring one and that's going to get you out of the zero pressure look. But the Dolphins' cornerbacks tackled well all night long, not just Justin Coleman on the pick. He was in there for several tackles himself, two solo, one assist, also had two pass breakups and a pick. 
Byron Jones winds up with seven total tackles, six solo in this game. And Xavier Howard has five of his own and, of course, the forced fumble. So when those guys can tackle like that out on the edge, it gives you a big advantage in the defensive backfield against the team that wants to throw the screen passes out there. It's just hard to get any work done on that. Some other stats here for you guys. Jerome Baker, four solo tackles, but I thought that he was fantastic. Sideline to sideline all night long. Adam Butler gets his first sack as a Miami Dolphin. Good on him. He also has two solo tackles. So this defense just brought the heat all night long. They brought the pressure from the safety position. They got off the field on third downs. And right around the end of the third quarter, talking about Lamar having 238 passing yards as well as a 39 rushing yards. So he winds up there with right around 270 total yards. But at the end of the third quarter, as the Ravens were trying to get something going, Jackson had 122 total yards at that point. So almost three full quarters in the books, and he had just 122 total yards at that point. I wrote down some some notes here individually. I just put the Jerome Baker looked really fast. His I thought his fastest, best-pursuing game of the season. Andrew Van Ginkle, same deal there. Christian Wilkins continues to make plays and set up big plays beyond him because he makes so many plays in the backfield to get defense or offenses rather into these long down and distance, and that creates opportunities. He's part of five tackles in this game. Jalen Phillips continues to pursue outside so well, and you see that speed and athletic ability. Emmanuel Ogbaugh continues to reject passes at the line of scrimmage. Just so much good work from this Dolphins defense, Byron X and Coleman. Coleman also had a big pass breakup down the field. The Ravens enter this game averaging 27.6 points per game. That was seventh best in the National Football League. They get just 10 on Thursday. They average 6.1 yards per play coming in. They have just 4.3 yards per play in this game, and they average over 400 yards coming in per game, and they gain just 304 yards in this game. And most of that, again, in the fourth quarter. So thinking about that also in contrast to the 2019 season opener, the first Dolphins game against the Ravens in terms of this coaching staff, or, or Brian Flores, I should say, in that game, and they go for five touchdowns for Lamar and 59 points. In this game, just one touchdown, and really not until about 56 minutes had gone by, and just 10 points. So a great reversal of fortunes from the last time we saw this quarterback. Hell of an effort. Fantastic work by the coaching staff and the game plan and the players go out there and execute it. Just fantastic work all around. Round of applause for the coaching staff and the defensive players. Takeaway number two, it's two a time. He came back into the game in the second half after Jacoby Brissett suffered an injury, but it looked like Jacoby was ready to come back in. Brian Flores addressed that post game and said that they were happy with the way Tua was playing and put together a couple of good throws and eventually some good drives and decided to stick with the young quarterback. Hopefully Jacoby's going to be okay going forward, thinking about him as he came out of that game into the blue tent and luckily came out of there looking good. But Tua came into the game in re- relief of Jacoby Brissett And I think we all were hoping he would come out and put together three or four or five touchdown drives and throw for 250 yards and two touchdowns and just be the the, the story that came out and and really superseded what the defense had done. But it wasn't that kind of game for him until it kind of was towards the end. And I thought it kind of got started for him with that weird double pass where he hands it off to Gaskin, who just turns around and throws it back overhanded. I've never seen a flea flicker ran like that, but it actually worked out as Gaskin found some space. Tua found him for a 10-yard gain. They got another 10-yard gain on a screen pass right after that. That gets flagged for a 10-yard holding call, and all of a sudden, you're in a big hole, first and 20, in a position where 
you really needed some points there because it was still at that point of the game six to three and Miami hoping to find a way down the football field and get some points on the board to put Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense in a bind they go first and 20 35 yard air shot Jalen Waddle to move the sticks he goes up high into the air and pulls that thing down and by the way I don't know if you guys saw this after the game Marlon Humphrey the phenomenal corner for the Ravens he is so good he tweeted after the game Jalen Waddle going to be top 10 next year. So there you have it, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, a big fan of the Dolphins' rookie receiver. They come right back later with a fade to the uh, to, to Jalen Waddle again in the end zone that gets a easy DPI call. He gets open, and they have to pull him down to prevent a touchdown on that play. So some big play elements coming back into the offense. We'll talk more about that here in just one second. But back to Tua's game, the 64-yard pass to Albert Wilson. They, they busted a coverage on that one, but that's part of the conflict of the RPO and good running and, and just the multiple options where you can kind of select your conflict within that scheme. That's where it really sets you apart in terms of what it can do to put the defense in conflict. But on that drive, I mean, shoot, you give the ball back to Lamar Jackson there. That's just what he's done all year. And granted, they were not doing it in this game on Thursday, but all year they've come from behind and put themselves in position to win the games with big plays for the passing game through Lamar Jackson. But the offense, I love this. My biggest thing is like you can win games with your offense, whether it's scoring a bunch of points or closing games out. The offense went out there and never let that even become an opportunity. Don't give Lamar Jackson the primetime football and the chance to move down the field, win the game for his team. The aggressiveness to put the Ravens away with the passing game, I loved that. Absolutely loved that. And it really started in earnest with a 64-yard pass to Albert Wilson where Tua fakes a handoff and goes out wide and finds Wilson up the sideline, streaking all alone. That was the second coverage bust of the game for the Ravens. We'll come back to the other one here in just a second. But to Tua's credit, the scoring drives over saw them overcome that first and 20, and then that 75-yard touchdown run where he caps it off with a sneak into the end zone, and what a great dance that was and a celebration for him down there in the Dolphins' offense. What a night for him. Had to feel good. Now he's got 10 days to rest up and get better. He said it was sore after the game, but also said it was happy to have 10 days to get better. But just to finish this point, the four-minute offense, like, gotta have it time, and also when you're trying to drive from behind as well, like, you know, trying to put the other team away and win the game. Three games this year, the Atlanta game, the two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to give the Dolphins a one-point lead, the New England game to close that game out when if you don't get a first down, you have to punt from your own end zone with the Patriots needing just a field goal to win that game. And now this game, you keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. Big-time work there late in fourth quarters from your quarterback. Takeaway number three, how about the unsung receivers, the heroes at that position? Isaiah Ford has two catches on the final drive before the half, which gives Miami a lead when it looked like they were probably going to have to just go into halftime at a 3-3 game. He has a 19-yard catch, a 52-yard catch, which he tweeted after the game, got to get out of bounds. I know that won't happen again. Good on you, Isaiah. But to pile up 71 yards on those two plays, what a big night for Isaiah Ford as he, I think, was number two on the team in receiving in this game, pulling up the stats now. He was with 84 yards on four catches and four targets. So 21 yards per target in this game for Isaiah Ford. Albert Wilson led the Dolphins in receiving with 87 yards on four catches also. The 64-yard long certainly helps, but seeing Albert Wilson get back involved, some jet sweeps, some quick screens, some tunnel screens to him, seeing 
getting him involved. That was a nice boon for the Dolphins offense. And then you also wind up with Adam Shaheen, three catches, 34 yards. Durham Smythe, one catch, 23 yards. And Waddle in there as well, four for 61. But he's been obviously more prevalent week in and week out. But some big-time names for the Dolphins stepping up that when you're down a couple of guys like a Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, these guys making plays, that's what it's all about. Next man up, great night for Isaiah Ford and for Albert Wilson. Number four takeaway, there are always going to be corrections to make, right? There was too many missed opportunities in this game. Like on the very first drive of the game, Waddle comes wide open off the snap, and they looked like maybe they busted another one there, and he has some space to run. The ball does not go there. you got to find a way to exploit those. Jalen Waddle also gets a deep shot right before the first half, but he can't get off press. You'd like to see an opportunity for him to kind of get off the line there and get open down the field because there was no safety help, and they had about 70 yards of grass behind that cornerback, but he couldn't get off the press, and he had to go play defense as the ball was nearly intercepted. And uh, after the big Isaiah Ford play we just talked about, the Shaheen non-penalty, or they he catches the ball and goes to the turf, and they kind of hit him in the back. They throw the flag. They come out, and they pick the flag back up. The Dolphins come up to the line on that play. They're not set. They run motion. They, they bring someone across the formation, and it costs the Dolphins about four or five seconds, and Miami winds up kicking a field goal on third down on that drive with five seconds to play in the half. That mismanagement time there costs them a play. you got to be quicker than that when you have the opportunity with the clock stopped, get to the line, get a play called. Field position all night. Miami did not capitalize on good field position really in that first half with drives beginning at the 37, 38, 41, 42-yard line, their own 37, 38, 41, 42. That's great field position. Got to find a way to capitalize on that. The holding on the screen to Miles Gaskin that would have put them at the plus 40-yard line right after the double pass play. That's a killer. A false start on third and goal from the one-yard line. They wind up kicking a field goal there. Three drives goal to goal that resulted in without touchdowns. That has to get better. So some opportunities for Miami to get some things fixed, mostly there on offense. The fifth takeaway, how about the 2020 and 2021 draft classes within this game? And how many times have we had the conversation about Christian Wilkins in year number three right now? He's going to set career highs in every stat you can think of. Tackles, sacks, tackles for loss, QB hits. He's been all over the place this, this season, having a breakout third year after a good first two seasons. Mike Gesicki, goes about a year and a half before he really starts to pick it up with the touchdowns and the big games. I think he had like a 95-yard game at one point. But after all that, he starts putting together consistent 60, 70, 80-yard receiving days, one or two touchdown days. And that's just become who he is now. Even though in this game, seven targets on Thursday night, no receptions, no receptions for himself, Mac Hollins, or Preston Williams. And that, again, speaks to the ability of an Albert Wilson and of an Isaiah Ford to step up big. But back to the point, Xavier Howard, you know, his first year, often injured, didn't really have any plays in the football. Then December of that second season starts having all kinds of picks, picks off Brady twice against the Patriots, and that's just become who he is, the ultimate ball hawk in the league. Jerome Baker goes from a kind of sub-package player, a rush specialist, to a guy that plays 1,100 snaps and kind of the focal point of the middle of your defense. We talked about the free agent acquisitions like Emmanuel Ogba and Eric Rowe having their best seasons once arriving here in Miami. The idea is developing players and seeing them get better. And so when I look at the 2020 and 2021 draft classes within this game, and we'll start with 2021 class. Waddle, you guys know how I feel about him and how he's produced this year and what he's meant to this team. He's gonna he's on track to break the franchise rookie receiving records for yards and receptions. Jalen Phillips, the pressures keep coming. He came into this game just trailing only uh 
Odafe Owe in, in terms of rookie pressures off the edge position, and he got a few more tonight. Javon Holland continues to look like an absolute stud back there in the defensive backfield. So it looks like early on here, you've got three picks you're feeling pretty good about, and some more guys working and developing. Liam Eichenberg playing a bunch of snaps as well. He's coming along at that left tackle position, and the rest of the class there has some time to go as well. And then the 2020 class, in this game, Tua Tungavailoa obviously comes off the bench and throws for 183 yards in less than one half of play and, of course, has the big rushing touchdown that really helps this def- this offense out, 104 passer rating on the day. Then you go back to Rob Hunt, who had the amazing play that you have to talk about. I, I mean, how, well, just the effort to get the ball across the goal line was, pr- was pretty great. You're going to see that play for a long, long time to come. But at the end of the day, it was, in fact, a penalty. Don't catch the ball, Rob, even though we all had a great time watching you do it. But that's besides the point because Rob Hunt's playing great football right now. We talked about this earlier this week. 76% run block win rate on ESPN was tied for second among all offensive guards. He's having a good year. And then Brandon Jones, the third round pick that year to go along with Raekwon Davis, who we all believe is having a, we all think is, you know, a tremendous player on the interior defensive line of that Dolphins D line. And then Brandon Jones in the third round with what he's done, the tackles, the pressures, the sacks. So as you kind of look a year and a half into those guys' career and you look at three guys this year, you know, and there's obviously more that can join that party and, and continue to develop themselves. But it, you know, it, it just illustrates to me that the jury is in on exactly none of those guys. And the idea behind, you know, this kind of retooling, rebuilding process for the Dolphins they began a few years ago was, you know, if a GM or a, a front office or a, a drafting team can hit on three or four guys every single year, that's a great, great draft class to have. If you hit on just technically or really like 40% of your picks across the board, you're in a good position as far as how this league works. And when you have, you know, nine, 10, 11 picks and you get yourself those four hits, that's, that's what you're talking about. Those are great draft classes. So hopefully those guys in these last couple of draft classes can continue to progress and if they can enjoy the similar success in terms of the trajectory of a Christian Wilkins, a Mike Gesicki, an Xavier Howard, a Jerome Baker, then all of a sudden you've got a great young nucleus of players showing growth and improvement every single game, every single year. And hopefully that's the case or the, the track we're on right now. So those are the five takeaways. Now what? Well, the Jets are next, but look at how different the outlook is now. Still 3-7. and seven. I know, I know that, but we have a good stretch of home games coming up after one quick trip up to the Meadowlands to face the Jets, which, by the way, Seth, OJ, and myself, and DJ Preach of the Fish Tank Podcast all going to be up there on the MetLife Takeover, so come see us out of the MetLife Takeover if you are going. But all of a sudden, road game for the Jets, Three home games here back at Hard Rock Stadium. Let's keep this thing rolling, play some good football, one win at a time, and get this thing rocking back in the right direction. A couple of other notes here. I mentioned Marlon Humphrey's tweet after the game about Jalen Waddell. You love to hear that. Javon Holland said after the game that was the most fun he's ever had. I believe it. And Xavier Howard broke the team down, he said at his press conference, by saying, remember this feeling. I hope they all do because that was a great night, a great team win. What a night. Stay tuned on the other side here for some post-game stuff from the 560 WQAM 99 Kiss Country, Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie, and myself on the post-game show. I'll play you guys the first segment from the Thursday night recap. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and OJ. Hunter Goodwin coming up this week. And of course, the YouTube channel for Dolphins today and all of our media availabilities. 
And of course, last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com for all the written comments and takeaways and photos and video content. Everything you guys need on your Miami Dolphins team up on MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline. It's late, but daddy is coming home. Welcome to the fifth quarter postgame show. The Miami Dolphins podcast network is all here. Seth Levitt, OJ McDuffie from the Fish Tank, Travis Wingfield here from the Drive Time podcast. It's past midnight, but we're not tired yet. It's not past midnight yet. It's almost past midnight. Juice, big dub tonight. Man, oh, man, it feels good to be here again. Back-to-back weeks within the last four days, actually, of getting Back-to-back back week, right? Yeah, yeah. back-to-back back weeks. <laughs> Can we play days, another man. game before the, game, <laughs> yes. before the weekend? Bro, you know what? And I'm going to tell you what, man. The way that defense played and the way the offense found a way to and then find a way to get in the end zone late in the game, I mean, that was, that was a fun one, man. You know, I, I love the game, especially on Thursday night. We just never know what's going to happen. People have a four-day, you know, uh, four days to get ready for an event or for a game. And the team's got to come on the road. Our team went out there, man, defensively especially, man, and played a, a one heck of a game. Thursday night football is nothing like it, Travis. You know, you know the hype man out there that got him hyped before the game. I, I think, think that was I, it. I think he carried it. I think he's the one that the reason that it all went the way it went today. You might have a new and, uh, gig. I hope so. I hope so. I didn't mind that at all, man. But, yeah, great game. Great defensive job today. The pressures in the face, you know, batting balls down, picking them up, scoring with it. I mean, it was just fun to watch, man. That's what we expected. We talked about this last week. We talked about this last game when we, when we held the Texans to nine points. And once again, a great job by the defense. One bad series, but the rest of it was just stellar. We're going to talk about that defensive game plan a lot tonight, the quarterback position as well. Obviously very intriguing there in terms of that storyline. But, Seth, I want to go to you here real quick because you had a takeaway in this game of sorts that you kind of kept coming back to, and it, it just kept showing itself time and time again about the physicality the Dolphins showed tonight. What did you think of that? This Baltimore team, usually the one that gives it to this Dolphins team. Well, that's it. That's been the history. You know, I saw all the stats all week about what the, you know, the Ravens have beaten the Dolphins by this margin over the last. Who cares what happened two years ago? This is a different team. They're a different team. Certainly don't care what happened prior to that. But one thing that has been a theme has been that the Ravens just come in here and they're physical and they're nasty. And the Dolphins haven't been able to match that. But the physicality tonight, Juice, and it started on the opening drive. When the Ravens, they, I, I forget who it was, but they ran that end around, and you think that guy's going the distance, and Javon Holland comes out of nowhere, hits him up high, and, and bodies go flying everywhere. You know, mouthpieces are flying everywhere. And from, it, it, from that moment, Juice, it was on. And this team played fast. They were physical. The, athletic, the defense was what we had hoped they would be, and then some. And I think that that's what was necessary to come out here and punch those guys in the mouth, and that's what they did. Yeah, I think our team is tired of getting punked by these guys. We really are, and I'm glad they, they played finally, like it. Yeah, I'm glad they finally went out to it with that type of attitude because we've had a physical defense before with a lot of the same guys out there. We've had a fast defense before with a lot of the same guys out there, and they showed that today. The different looks, the different blitzes, and then what you said when they finished the play. Remember the beginning of the season, we had trouble finishing tackles, finishing a play, finishing a drive as a defense or as an offense. But the physicality of the whole thing today was what I love because that's what Baltimore does. They want to impose their will on right. you, and they weren't able to do that today. We were able to go out there and do that to them ourselves. And you talk about these young guns. I know we're talking a lot about these, these young guys, you know, the, the, the Brandon Jones and the, 
and the, uh, you know, the Javon Hollins, yeah. man. Those boys right there, they've been the difference makers because they've been allowing our defense to do what they love to do. And they're rallying around them, right? You can so see it. They're, it's infectious, the way they're playing. Their energy, yeah. their, uh, again, that physicality. It's fun to watch, it, man. It's changed the way they've played defense the last couple of weeks, and it goes back to those safeties and the pressure numbers. I keep talking about on the podcast about bringing down Brandon Jones and Javon Hall and the pressure of the quarterback, and it's been the case three weeks in a row now, even going back to that Buffalo game. And I'm going to go ahead and get out over my skis here and talk about a campaign for Rookie of the Year for, for Javon oh, Hall, Defensive oh. Rookie of the Year. This dude's balling right now. Four tackles tonight, solo tackles. He had two passes defense and a sack that lost seven yards. He was he had his hand in on four plays on those third down get-offs. Baltimore in this game was one, two for 14 two for on 13. 14. He, had, he had his hand on four of those stops. And just to go back to Lamar Jackson and kind of what the Ravens have done to this Dolphins team over the last several years here, in this game, 238 passing yards. And a big chunk of that was late in what I won't quite call garbage time, but it was close to it. And he only rushes for 39 yards on nine attempts in this game. Juice, Lamar Jackson came into this game averaging 351 total yards per game. He comes away with less than 300 and a 73.6 quarterback rating. Man, this Dolphins defense, I mean, we just talked about it, but that's that's the story of this game, right? Yeah, it really is, man. And I tell you what, also, the, the pressure came in a lot of different ways. We saw our young guy, Jalen Phillips, getting there. We saw Agua with some batted balls. We saw a lot of guys out there that were contributing. Christian Wilkins, again, I know it's, I mean, he's, he's just having a heck of a year, too. And a lot of times you don't really notice it because the interior guys don't get numbers that dictate that they had a really good game. But the, the presence and the stopping up the middle, him and Raekwon, you know, taking a Baltimore team that loves to run the rock and, and pretty much Held neutralize, them, on neutralize them on, you know, running the football. But the constant pressure and, and these guys out there able to go out there and, uh, and, and, and play the style of defense that we were hoping to see. Right. And they never stopped playing it the whole game. We did a lot of zero today. We played a lot of zero. Yes. We played a lot of single high. We're like, we were daring them. And I talked about a lot on the post game today, on the pregame today, you know, um, when, I, when I did a hit, that disciplined football, standing in your lanes, containing Lamar Jackson, and they did a great job of that, keeping him in the pocket when he did want to run. Put him on the ground know, four times, the, yeah, right? They I got mean, him down. Really impressive. I, go ahead, Seth. Well, I was just going to say, they held him to 10 points. What were they averaging coming in, Travis? 27.6. And so uh, 27.6, they held him to 10 points. You know, I got on Hal Habib with the Palm Beach Post. I love Hal. Great guy. He's been covering his team for a long time. He gave this defense a C yeah. last week just because of who the opponent was. And I said, well, we don't control who the <laughs> opponent is. Well, guess what? They played the Baltimore Ravens today and held them to 10 points. Yeah. So if this isn't an A from this Miami Dolphins defense, I don't know what more we want. But this was a lot of fun to watch. And as you said, this was the expectation. This team is built around the defense dominating and the offense just, you know, I hate to say it, but if the offense is capable, Right? If, they, if they're capable, if they protect the football, they move it down the field steady, this defense is supposed to win football games. And the last two weeks, they have showed up big time. And to the point about the rushing defense, they go for just 94 yards on the ground. Seth, was it 35 yards they had in that first drive? You, you and I and John Jimmy were talking about how the Ravens were rushing right at right. what we saw Juice as a, a different defensive lineup in terms of they went Bake and um, who else was off the other? Riley. Van, Van Ginkle. Well, Van Ginkle, off, and then Riley and Roberts, right? Which is a, a lineup change. Yeah. Usually yeah. you have Ogba and, and Jalen Phillips in there. They go lighter but faster off the edge, and that speed showed up in this game tonight. 94 rushing yards for a Ravens team that loves to run the football and basically leads the league in rushing every single year, not so much in this game. And then kind of to further that point, you talk about the aggressiveness and, and Seth, how the defense sets up this team. How about the aggressiveness of the offense late in this game? Tua to Albert Wilson for what was that? 
50 yards on that second to last drive there. Yeah. And then the fourth down, like they're going forth, they're pushing the tempo, and they're trying to win the game on the offensive side of the ball. Do not give that thing back to Lamar Jackson and let him come down and beat you. They were the aggressor tonight, and to me, that was the difference in the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, we look, we've been waiting for explosive plays from this offense, and they did some incredible explosive plays. And I tell you, the one at the end, you talk about to Albert Wilson, I mean, you, it, it doesn't get much bigger than that. When you've got to put a drive together, you've got to get points, the game is still in the balance, and you're able to go out there and, and make a big throw, make a big play. Um, and it, it was nice to see, man. And you know what, man? I think this team is tired of hearing it. They're tired of hearing all the trash talking. They're tired of hearing all these, you know, Want to be eight and fans that come out there, you know, and, 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 and they hear it. Trust me, as, a, as an athlete, you hear the noise. Now, check this out. You know, you won on Sunday, you won on Thursday, you got a long weekend, and they're going to enjoy go this, enjoy man. Go to, go to Publix, re- right? They're going to be at Publix all weekend long. <laughs> they're going to someone else other than just Publix. Yeah, I yeah, can promise gonna, you that. Right now, man, they're, they're, and, they, they, and they deserve it, man. But it's, uh, it's going to be time to get back to work, headed to New York next week. But, Seth, we do the post-game, Seth. We don't do the pre-game, right? So we're going to talk more about how, <laughs> how well these boys did today. After a win, then. Streak, a chance to put together fire. a three-game winning streak. It has happened before. Hopefully it happens here again. I want to talk about two more plays before we get out to break, guys. Talking about the aggressiveness on offense and, and just the game in general. I talked about the, it was 64 yards. I just looked it up to yep. Tua to Albert Wilson. But how, how about the 35-yard pass to Jalen Waddell on first and 20 in a series where they needed to get points and kind of take the pressure off this defense? Juice, I thought those two plays with Tua coming back, and now we'll talk about that next segment, were two of the biggest plays of the season for this team. Absolutely. I mean, uh, nothing explosive so far. Even the beginning of this game, it was like three yards, two yards, four yards. Preach and I were they talking about it. They did have a 52-yarder Isaiah Ford. You yeah, got to give that. a little credit I, I to Jacoby that. on that one. Boy. Yeah, got outside, made a play down the field, which we have got in the end zone. Yeah. But that was a broken play type of situation. But I'm talking about in terms of game planning itself, it seemed like that was still the mentality. But they did take some shots down the field, and uh, we completed them. We completed some shots down the field. Hopefully that, that trend continues. We start losing some defenses up, and we'll start finding some running lanes. But we got to start going down the field like this a little bit more, giving our playmakers a lot more opportunities to get those explosive plays, and uh, good things will happen. You hit some 50-yard plays and play that good of defense, you're going to win a lot of football games in this league. We're not going to not talk about the quarterback. We'll do that next segment here. But first, let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds so our stations can identify themselves. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. <laughs> 